Two counties have passed moratorium on wind and solar energy conversion systems. Good afternoon. I'm Tom Robinson with news. Well, the Pottawatomie County Board of Supervisors approved a temporary moratorium on wind and solar energy conversion systems at their meeting on Tuesday. Mandy Billings has this report. Matt Wyant, Director of Planning and Development, said they are undergoing major renovation of their Chapter 8 ordinances, and this would allow them to hold off on issuing any permits for wind and solar projects until the Board of Supervisors adopts the new regulations for wind and solar. Supervisor Tim Wickman is in favor of the temporary moratorium. I think when this board decided to hire a, a firm to take a look at our current ordinance and make some changes that gets it up to date, um, I think it was, what, 15 years old, I believe. I don't have any issues with it. I like the wording of it. I, it says that uh, so many days or as soon as we get an ordinance passed. Uh, so with that, uh, Chairman Shea, I'll make a motion that... Uh, we set the, the days to 365 days or until the board completes its review and amendment of the ordinance. The resolution states the board desires to impose a moratorium prohibiting the director of planning and development and the zoning board of adjustment from accepting or otherwise acting on any application to develop a wind or solar energy conversion system, including a wind farm as the ordinance currently defines for 365 days from the effective date of this resolution or until the board completes its review and amendment of the ordinance regulating wind and solar energy conversion systems, whichever is earlier. Supervisor Susan Miller voted against the resolution. And I believe we can get it done a lot faster. Matt Wyant said he does not currently have any permits ready to be issued, but there are two wind projects and one solar project that are getting close. I'm Andy Bellings reporting. And the Montgomery County Board of Supervisors accepted a Planning and Zoning Commission recommendation for an indefinite moratorium for the wind energy conversion system turbine project in Montgomery County. Supervisor Chair Mike Olson says a moratorium is an extension of the original motion for the moratorium. The supervisors can pass an indefinite moratorium with no time limit, but still have to work toward an ordinance because the supervisors cannot regulate a project without a resolution. He says the motion does not mean the action is a permanent. To give us another, I don't know how many months, you know, budget will be the end of what, February, early March, before that's done, and then we probably try to get back on this. Supervisor Donna Robinson says passing the ordinance does not mean the moratorium is permanent or set in stone. However, Robinson stated she serves the board to represent her constituents. But if you move forward with whatever ordinance we do come up with and we allow turbines in the county, I think we heard a number of people get up and speak. They're not going to go away. And I, I personally feel like, and from my standpoint, when this continues to come up, I'm, I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to learn and I want to get all the information possible. But I was elected to represent the people and the people that I am representing, I am hearing saying a big resounding no on them. That's, that's my stance. Mid-American Energy proposes building a wind turbine in Pottawatomie County extending into western Montgomery County. 
Currently, 15,000 acres are signed up for the project. Half of those acres are signed up in Montgomery County. The project director appearing at Wednesday's meeting says the project would include 90 to 140 wind turbines in Pottawatomie and Montgomery County. And this translates to approximately 99 to $142 million in lease agreements with participating landowners. It also equates to about $180 million in property taxes for the counties where the wind turbines would be located, which is $4.7 million annually. Mid-American Energy does not have the right to exercise eminent domain on these projects or build the turbines without the owner's consent. He asked the supervisors to draft a balanced wind ordinance that addresses the concerns of the constituents who attended the meeting and others in the county. Adair County Board of Supervisors this morning approved a courtyard use request for carriage rides. Gina School with Greenfield Chamber Main Street requested the courtyard use for Saturday, November the 25th. We we're going to be doing carriage rides in the evening, and we were trying to come up with a good route. We don't have it set completely, but I kind of wanted to get everything set just in case. I wonder if we could use the drive to go through and load and unload. School also noted the lighted parade and other festivities will take place Friday, November the 24th. Several mayoral races were decided in many of KSOM and KS95's listing areas on Tuesday. The unofficial results showed Joanne Byers earning the mayoral seat in the city of Adair with 126 votes to Kim Hodness, 89. Ben Doffenbaugh takes the seat as mayor of Anita, defeating former city councilman Kevin Littleton, 96-57. For mayor of Brayton, Callie Christensen received 18 votes, Gregory Gus 15, and Neil Polberg 11. In the mayoral race in the Guthrie County City of Bagley, Glenn Forsman defeated Ruth Ann Riley 49-15. In the mayor's race in Grant, Emerson Hill received 20 votes, and John J. Geifing 6. Millette L. Shores defeated Peggy Mortensen 59-23 for the mayor's seat in Kimbleton, and in Lewis, Russell Hansen defeated Rick Sani. 80 to 37 at Kirk Thornberry in a tight race. Garner 145 votes to Ryan Kettleson's 133. For complete results of all the mayor, city council, school elections, uh, check out the results on our website at westerniowatoday.com. Well, there will be three new faces on the Atlantic City Council. Longtime educator and coach Mike McDermott defeated incumbent Pat McCurdy in Ward 3, 211 to 49. And businessman Sean Sarsfield defeated incumbent Linda Hartkopf 158 to 89 in the race in Ward 4. Now, Mike McDermott first thanked Pat McCurdy for serving the city of Atlantic and thanked the voters for turning out. And uh, a big thank you to the voters of the third ward. Uh, I look forward to serving those third ward voters and the city of Atlantic. So I'm just uh, real happy with the turnout. McDermott says many things with the school district and the city intertwine. This is an opportunity uh, to, uh, you know, try and work on uh, some housing development, uh, some early child care development, and, um, you know, try to move that city forward. And McDermott worked hard to get his message out to the Ward 3 patrons. Well, I think they uh, saw it, uh, you know, early on here in the election. Uh, I tried to uh, walk to, I think, almost 500 different houses. I didn't get a chance to really talk with everybody, but I made the effort, and uh, I think that's what they're going to see out of me is I'll give them that effort and, uh, you know, I'll listen to them and try to, uh, you know, progress their thoughts through this city. Wards 1, 2, and 3 were all unopposed, and newcomer Emily Kennedy is in Ward 1, and Cummins Jim Barons is Ward 2, and Elaine Adi City Council at large. And there will be two new members on the Atlantic School Board, five candidates for 
three seats. The three seats opened when Nick Hunt and Jenny Williams decided not to seek re-election, and the third seat, occupied by Laura McLean, came up for re-election as well. Newcomer Jenny Jordan, former Atlantic educator, garnered the most votes with 765. Incumbent and current school board president Laura McLean was re-elected with 612. And newcomer Jody Stillwater Goodrich received 510 votes. The other two candidates, Kristen Holliday, garnered 386 votes, and Jordan Daly garnered 257. Jordan and Stillwater Goodrich joined incumbents McLean, Christy Pellin, and Josh McLaren on that Atlantic school board. There will be a change in board members on the public uh, library measure in Exira. Voters passed the measure 69 to 6, reducing the trustees from seven members to five, with one trustee being a resident of the rural area served by the library, and the city council will now appoint all members. Audubon City residents passed the public measure authorizing a change in the use of the 1% local option sales tax and services tax, 303 to 176, or 63.26% to 36.74%. And Shelby County residents voted an overwhelming yes to a referendum on taxation to fund EMS service in Shelby County. The measure passed with 82.29% of the votes in favor. More news on the website at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Tom Robinson. Have a great afternoon.